This is Bantam's Banter with Tom and Dom. The official podcast of Bradford City FC. For more information, visit www.bradfordcityfc.co.uk or www.tomanddomshow.co.uk Radioactivity you'll love being exposed to. Back of the net. Out come the mighty Bantams. Desh Raymond leading the pack. I've definitely seen him on Manchester Road in the kebab, so I don't know how he's got it so fast. Hey, I like Preston's goalie kit. Very fancy. So, this is it, the start of these funny clips on Bantam's Banter. Well, that's it, just set it up. Like I'd that. love to know why they've installed traffic lights on the floodlights. If anyone can tell me why that is the... why that's happened. Yeah. Is that so... Don't you're not allowed in your change rooms yet? The cleaner's still in there. <laughs> Stop. Yes. Get in there. Come on, lads. Come on, today. Welcome to Bantam's Banter. Hello. Hello, podcast number three with me, Tom. And me, Dom. Coming up on the show, we're going to analyse the last game against Torquay, which was a dismal 2-0 defeat, but also on the flip side of that, the amazing performance that was Preston North End at Which home. was the last game. Not which Torquay. was the last game, sorry, I do apologise. Uh, coming up, also, we've got the legend and not-so-legend feature. We're going to be introducing a new part of the show, the Bradford City Quiz. We invite you to answer a question for a prize. We're going to be interviewing uh, the City Gent. Uh, we've got some emails. It's a ram-packed next however long it goes on for. It is indeed. <laughs> and like Tom said, the competition is coming up, a new yeah. feature this week. We're going to be giving away a signed Bradford City football. From last year. Yeah, well, <laughs> you see, we're giving away our own possessions. Yeah, we are. And yeah. So if you want a signed football from last year, shoot my calls on there. Next week you've got a size 40-inch waist uh, Bradford City <laughs> shorts from 1997. Yeah, from back when Tom were a larger lad. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Have a last bit. Uh, also coming up on the show, we're going to be talking to Bra- the City Gent editor, Mike Harrison and also Paul Langdon from mm. the One in a Million charity, of course, the Bradford based charity, founded by Wayne Jacobs. <laughs> but first, let, let's, let's stop laughing yeah. now and take a look serious. at the dismal trip down to Torquay. We need serious analysis. Well, it's an, it's an awful trip anyway. It's seven mm. hours away to Torquay for a start. And Torquay didn't, you know, didn't take too long in making it three League Two wins in a row. And ten successive clean sheets. They haven't conceded a goal in 961 minutes, uh, which is a record. Um, and then well, within 90 seconds. Yeah, 90 seconds. Danny Stevens banging one in. For 25 Ran yards, from yeah. the halfway line and picked his spot. Mm, Class, classic mm. drive. It was um, a class shot as well. It was. It, it, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, we went down there with such hope, such massive yeah. hopes, like thinking, oh, you know, we'll end their record. Exactly, yeah. And then in the first 90 seconds as well, not even yeah. give it five minutes. But that's just Bradford City all over. It is. We, remember the last podcast we were discussing, we'll go down there, we'll bang in four, we'll, yeah. we'll break the record and all that. Yeah, but no. like we said, yeah. traditional Bradford City stance, we'll just aid people yeah. furthering <laughs> their record. Aid their bids to get in the Guinness World Records. Hmm. Um, oh, and it didn't help when Threlfall got sent off for a handball on the line. Um, leaving McLaughlin McLaughlin saved the actual resulting penalty which was um, good of McLaughlin <laughs> thank you for that Yeah, I, I think he's a good keeper he, I mean, is, he got yeah. a bit of stick on Tuesday night against Preston mm. we'll talk about that later um, and then they got a second with Zabroska didn't they on the 66th minute mm. um, well there were, yeah, not a brilliant goal nothing, but and not a lot John McLaughlin could do no, he won't, no, to couldn't. be honest he's, he's, been in, he's had a lot of press, press actually recently McLaughlin isn't he Peter Taylor's come out and uh, initially he said it was you know maybe he's you know mm. he, he went a bit of a downer and then he came and defended McLaughlin so he's had a lot of press which is which is good for a City goalkeeper I think you know it's puts him in the limelight a bit of, bit of pressure yeah, yeah. I mean let, let's just look at the statistics yeah. shall we City had six shots on goal or six attempts on goal mm. Torquay 15 I know it, uh, and only two of ours were on target 
over over half of theirs were. Yeah, exactly. So the stats don't lie, as they say, Dom. Yeah, uh, and fifty nine percent of the possession talk he took. So yeah, you're right. The stats don't lie, but it's behind us now. Yes, it is. Yeah, we like, we, about like that. we said on that Twitter thing. Just get on with it. Yeah. We'll put it down to Peter Taylor's men finding the feet. I mean, the Premier League season didn't start brilliant, did it? No, it didn't. We lost loads until, and then it just started kicking off. So. Exactly. And if anyone can do it, Peter Taylor can do of course it. He I, can. I think if he's got he's got a good record, hmm. and if he can't do it, I'll be at a loss as to and think what? who could. It's unless we got Arsene Wenger in. <laughs> please, no, I, no, no, sorry, I don't, no, not not please. I don't want Wenger, but th- it's only three games in. You know, we, we shouldn't be panicking. But then Tuesday night came, didn't it, Dom? It did, and what the what a performance! It was what absolutely, a game! I did. Where, Seriously, where did it come from? I don't know. Honestly, after talking, you're thinking, "Here we go." Carling up, Preston, brilliant side. They had loads of confidence. They had a lot more confidence than Notts Forest, and uh, you know, decent manager. We even saw Sir Alex in the stands, didn't we, Dom? We did, Sir Alex. We were thinking, there. "God, this must be an important game." But what a Brian performance. Dean, Brian, yeah, he were there. Randomly, and we, and we thought we'd seen Rod, Ron Atkinson, yeah. but he wanted him, and Henry Winkler. A lot of lookalikes. Um, so yeah, I mean, quality but game. It was such a solid performance. Yeah. I mean, I was so, but even though we lost, yeah, I kind of, I didn't feel like when we played Stevenage and everyone like booing and that, and no. I, I didn't boo, but I felt a bit disappointed. Yeah, in the performance after Preston, we lost, and it was like the opposite. I felt it like was. you know what, that was a good performance. It, it's been a, been a funny stack. It almost felt like a victory, didn't it, against Preston? And then it was weird, like when we when we lost to with Stevenage and they were, we were getting booed off the pitch. No, we beat. Stevenage. We, we, sorry, we beat Stevenage. We, 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 we lost and we were getting booed off the pitch. And I've never seen a team lose and get booed off the pitch. And they, this were opposite. We lost and we were cheering them off. No, the pitch. we won. And then we got very off the pitch. <laughs> Tom's nervous because of what people were saying on the message board. And when he's nervous, he says he's, he gets things wrong. Yeah, we, we, we go. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, you're going to be hearing exactly what we thought while we're at the Preston game during this show when we cut to uh, live clips. A bit like this one. Sean St. Ledger, Dom. Possibly the gayest name in football. Sean St. Ledger. He sounds like, like a book publisher. He does, doesn't he? St. Ledger, book publisher. He definitely doesn't sound like a centre half. Well, he's, he's about to get skinned. Oh my God! Right, what we've what we've thought of on Bantam's Banter is there's a there's a, used to be an old saying that went around Valley Parade like when there were a free kick from like 40 yards or something. So if he scores from there, I'll bear my bum in Busby's. Yeah, bear my bum in Busby's. So what me and Tom are thinking is the feature's going to be called Bear My Bum in Busby's, but like if something happens like if. Say so City get a free kick from 18 yards, me and Tom say, if he scores from there, I'll grow a moustache until end of season. Something like, a minute. something like that. So we've actually got to do that? Yeah. Class, yeah, we'll definitely do that. So we've got to grow moustaches and things. So this this is definitely going to stay on the podcast. Feature agreed. Show my hand. Hand shaken. And we have, we're actually shaking hands. I must warn everybody that when I grow a moustache, I look like a Mexican paedophile. And I look like a fat Freddie Mercury. <laughs> If you want to contact us here on Bantam's Banter, there are many ways to do so. You can email bantamsbanter at live.co.uk. You can visit our website www.tomanddomshow.co.uk. Or you can get in touch with us via the official message board on the Bradford City FC website. Uh, so we're going to have to go Tash's Dom if these sort of girls go in. But they didn't. No, so thank we you. We don't have to grow a Tash. So we're kind of clean shaven. She looked well to me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll see how that, how that progresses, the old Tash. Uh, would not. I'd rather grow a tash and see this girl going. No, it's not. I'd rather, is it? 
Well, it's not necessarily a moustache. In fact, it would probably be a good idea if you Bantam's Banter listeners emailed in. Yeah, we suggestions. Bantam's Banter at live.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter like you've heard in this jingle. Get get in touch with us. Yeah. And you you say what we have to do. Yeah. If say if Gavin if Gareth Evans scores a hat trick against Southend on Friday, then Tom's got to bear his backside at Valley Parade, something like that. Yeah, yeah. but not, you know, there, remember with everything in these sort of situations, there is a line. So don't don't go saying uh, you know you need to go punch somebody in the face or yeah, because we won't do it and, it, <laughs> and it won't even reach the podcast. Anyway, we'll be coming to all your tweets and emails later. We have had. Uh, a good few. And oh, yeah. um, before we go into the next piece, I just want to say thanks very much for downloading. We hit a thousand downloads uh, just yesterday. We did. Um, and if you're listening on a podcast, just yesterday it means absolutely nothing to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> At some point in the past, we should yeah. be celebrating our thousand downloads. Yeah, but thank you very much indeed. Uh, and uh, those of you who didn't like it but downloaded it anyway, thanks for being a statistic. Crack up with the champagne. So the City Gen. It's the fanzine much loved by the Bradford City. The publication is also one of the oldest football fanzines in the country, having been founded in 1983. Well, 27 years of banter and progressivism. Later, we met the current City Gen editor, Mike Harrison, to pick up the facts on the fanzine. Now in its 65th issue, wow. Mike starts by telling us how the founding fathers of the City Gen came up with the idea. I think they'd seen a couple of fanzines, maybe from Orient and York, and maybe a couple of non-league ones. And, and I suppose really just, it, it, you know, 84, if you think, you know, if anybody, I know, probably just slightly before you, you guys were blogs, I listened to your podcast the other day. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it's just about when people were getting like a very primitive computers and, mm. and people like literally just cutting and pasting stuff and photocopying. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think the first issue had about 20 pages. In fact, we reprinted the first issue last year to try and raise some money for the Burns unit. But yeah, um, very primitive beginnings, but um, they managed to produce six in that first season by, by time and of course it was a good season for City because we were on their up it was it was the era of Bantam progressivism because we did progress up through the league that, that in 84, 85 and, mm. and beyond for a couple more years after that and um, yeah no, and, and what was always nice is that uh, from being one of those early fanzines that a lot of other fanzines then started up and said oh yeah we started up because you know, we saw the City Gen how good that was so and I think you know I'd like to think that you know still people look are pleased that we're still print, a printed version as opposed to a lot of the fanzines have gone by the wayside and uh, you know, cause it's obviously far easier just to uh, produce something on the internet. So y- your funding, where does it come from? Does it just come from sales or do you ad- get advertising and things? Uh, we get a few adverts uh, but not so many that uh, it detracts from the content. We agree. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we survive on advertising. Not too much. I mean, I've uh, got to say thanks to uh, you know, certainly people like Jack Tordoff at uh, JCT. They're a big supporter of us and uh, Banana Moon and uh, various other people that, uh, that help us out. So, but yeah, we don't, I've got about, I think I've got eight or nine advertisers really. So, What do you think it is that a fan scene uh, brings to a, a club, uh, in particular Bradford City, when comparing to the programme, like you just said, it's not, Amazing, you know, that's like my opinion, not the opinion of Bradford City Football Club. So, what do you think a fanzine brings to Bradford City rather than, you know, the bog standing interviews and things like that? Well, I think what it brings is that, you know, we're all supporters. It's just like you guys are supporters mm. and you're, you're doing this, this fantastic podcast. Um, and you're cut, that, cut that bit out. Yep. <laughs> Mike Harrison says this is a fantastic <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Good work. And um, so, we're all supporters, and I'd like to think that everybody knows that. You know, if they want to write something in, be it just a, a small email, or a letter, or a full article, people can send it in, and, and I'll put it in. You know, I've, I've very, very rarely ever not put anything into the City Gen. 
Well, Mike told us earlier that he finds it hard to say no, yeah. so you can literally send yeah. anything in. And we've, co we've, we've confirmed it with his wife. <laughs> he, he does find it hard to say no. <laughs> so now, obviously, you're a bit of a, you're like a messiah to the fans. You're like the fan who people wow. try and f channel their, channel their thoughts through and their, their opinions. Well, somebody, I'm, I'm certainly but, somebody you can look up to. Uh, I'll, I'll give them that, I'll give them that. If anybody's got any opinions, good or bad, you know, send them in and I'll put them in. But what's nice, I think, with almost, I suppose, in our, uh, the, those of us with of more mature years, we, we, we developed, because I never thought I'd be a writer. God, I never even thought I'd be an editor, let alone a writer. We've all developed our writing careers as such. And I think, you know, we've, we've got reasonably good at it. Mm -hmm. That was uh, Mike Harrison from the City Gent. And if you want to contact him, the best way to do so, the most modern way, is Twitter, at the City Gent. Yeah, just the City Gent on Twitter. That's what we are. We're on Facebook. So just, just type in City Gent on Facebook. You'll find us there. And, and I'll just buy a copy of the City Gent. And my email address is there as well. And tell me if you like or, or not like the magazine. But we're always looking for contributions. Uh, and you know, especially from uh, perhaps the, the younger listeners who are listening to this podcast. Yeah, we've got a, a, a few pre-pubescent <laughs> people, if I can squeeze that word out. Alright, well thank you very much Mike, no, cheers. Thank you. thank you Mike. Does that mean we get a free city gent now? Yeah, absolutely. Now we've been stopped for at least two and a half minutes now, so yeah, it's got to go next time. It's something to do with referees. Oh, well, there is a pop plus this Dom, it's good recovery time for Tommy Doherty. Yeah. It's knackered. He always looks like he's had a 10 pints. What is going on? Has he got to change his underpants one or something? One of the referees is running inside. Oh, we're going to get him a bottle of pie or a cup of tea. So oh, he's running back. Oh, he's warming, oh, he's up. warming up. That definitely looked like a run inside, didn't it? But he's not limping around, is he? No, maybe he's just realised that he's got to go. Or maybe his wife's gone into labour or something. <laughs> oh, shit. I've left my daughter at band practice. It's <laughs> supposed to pick up from seven. Well... That was Mike Harrison of the City Gent. What a guy. What a lovely guy. What a guy. I could have sat there all afternoon drinking tea and talking about Bradford City stuff. We could have. Uh, and while we're talking about the City Gent, uh, one of our, shall we say, sponsors, yeah. Banana Moon, the market leaders in personalised clothing. They do embroidery and printing, whether you want it for work, a stag or a hen do, for your sports team, if you're in army and you want some T-shirts done, school uniform, a dance troupe or something, corporate wear, school leavers, hoodies, t-shirts, polos, and much more. If you're after that and you're after getting it personalised printing, get to Banana Moon. Visit their brand new website, www.bananamoon.co.uk. And the reason I say, oh, talking to City Gent is because if you make an order and you're a Bradford City fan and you mention City Gent, you receive a free Bradford City More Than Monkey t-shirt with your order. And he looks like a right cute little monkey. Look at him. Is that more than monkey? Is that he's a teddy? So he's you got get, a city shirt on. So you get a free T-shirt with that on. Yeah, I wonder if Class. we're gonna get one. I hope so. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, you can also call Banana Moon on oh one nine two four four two double zero double two. And also, they happen to be really nice people. Yeah, and lifelong Bradford City fans. So we all like to help our own round here. We do. Uh, so let's get to a few of your tweets. Uh, yeah. Before so. we move on to the next feature, uh, we had a tweet from Matt Sim saying uh, we're like other podcasts but more inclusive you can get analysis and moaning elsewhere like to see complainers be that entertaining do you know what he means by Thank complainers you. yeah I know. yeah we do are we gonna do are we gonna go down that this road Dom? yeah we are we're gonna go down that route we went on the message board thinking we were doing a really good job you know we were helping out you know doing a podcast for free yeah got families to look after you know we're doing this for free exactly but <laughs> 
You know, it, it, it Robert would, Robertson. It would, I know, it would disheart Get with it, it, Grandad. I mean, you know, we're we're totally open to criticism. Me and, you know what that, don't we, don't we? You know, we're open to any sort of feature you want to put on the show, if you want to change anything, that's fine. But when, when they're playing just slaying, you know, what, we, what we're trying to do here, and like Dom says, this is it for free off our own back. Yeah, and get with it. All right, get, we're not. We're, we're a new wave of radio. We're not like Derm Tanner and Tim Lovejoy. What's it called? Tim Thornton. Thornton. I used to work with him. That's bad, isn't it? At Sky Sports. Hello. Amateurs. Don't give them an my advert. backside. Anyway, we've had another tweet from Oliver. Yes. Listen to the BB podcast, which means Bandits Banner. It's really good. I like the McCall interview and the commentary bits. Thank you, Oliver. It was a. Uh, the, the, the commentary bits kind of came about how we wanted to go to the game, didn't we? Sort of analyse the game, and the whole show was going to be the commentary. But we thought, you know, things we do get very excited because we are obviously proper fans. Yeah, but we've said it time and time again. This podcast is made by fans. Exactly. For the fans, shaped by the fans. Yeah, I like that. I just did that little finger locking thing like David Brent on the office. Like you're doing a church. Yeah. <laughs> this is the church, this is the steeple. Uh, we will be looking at more of your tweets and emails very shortly. But first, it's time for Tom's favourite feature. It certainly is. This is the legend and not so legend bit. So, but first, mm. we were lucky enough to speak to David Markham, former TNA Bradford City correspondent and author of Bradford City book, The Legends of Bradford City. So here's David telling us who his legend of legends was. Right, I want to t- introduce to you one of the most famous players ever to wear the uh, claret and amber shirts of Bradford City, and his name was Dickie Bond. Now, Dickie Bond signed for Bradford City in 1909. He was a current England international, and he played for Preston North End. The problem was that Dickie Bond had had a bad knee injury and um, there was some doubt about his long-term fitness. So, as you could expect, the uh, Dickie Bond's knee was inspected by the or examined by the Bradford City Club doctor. And although he had some doubts in his mind, he said to the manager, Peter O'Rourke, well, if I were you, I'd take a risk and sign him. And, of course, he signed for Bradford City for the princely sum of £950, and the club have made few better signings because... Uh, some people might have thought this might be a short-term signing in view of his injury problems. In fact, Dickie Bond played for City for 13 years and made well over 300 league and FA Cup appearances. He also resurrected his international career in 1910 and played in all three home internationals that year. And Dickie Bond's career spanned Bradford City's time in the uh, top division, then the, the first division. And so that included the FA Cup uh, win in 1911 and played for them all through the war years. He was uh, a, a quick outside right. He put in a good cross. He, he, um, he, he put in good corners. In fact, I think he once said that uh, a player who put a corner behind, as some do, should have his wages stopped. So he was uh, not very tolerant of people who weren't who didn't match his uh, ability. He also had got quite a temper on him um, and he uh, uh, got into trouble once or twice by having arguments with the crowd who uh, gave him some stick from the sidelines. In fact, so much so that uh, he was suspended uh, when the City were playing uh, Newcastle in the FA Cup final and was excluded from the FA Cup final team. But he was a very fine player and... um, 
as I say, played for City when they were at the peak of their uh, career in the uh, old first division. He uh, joined uh, the Bradford Pals in 1914 and served in the war and was in fact captured by the uh, Germans and was a prisoner of war for part of the war years. And uh, he was such a famous football personality in those days that when they captured him, the Germans put a big sign over the place where he was being imprisoned, we've caught Dickie Bond. So <laughs> he might not be a name that uh, the modern football fan is familiar with, but uh, he was a, a superstar of his era. Uh, Dickie Bond um, left Bradford City in 1922 when uh, Bradford City were relegated from the old first division. He didn't want to leave, but uh, the club decided that they needed to uh, rejuvenate the team, so he left along with uh, some of the other older players. He was then 38, but typical of uh, stubbornness of Dickie Bond, he thought, I can still play on, and so he signed for Blackburn Rovers and played another season with them before ending his uh, career with a non-league club, Lancaster City. Um, a great player, not particularly likable character, he didn't suffer as gladly, uh, but uh, he'd be one of the all-time great players in Bradford City's history. It's not many times that Bradford City can sign a current international and then see that player gain England international caps during his service at Valley Parade. Normally, um, City's international players have been those who've, young players who've gone on to make international appearances when they've left the club, or when the City have signed older players whose international days are over. But Dickie Bond was signed by Bradford City, the peak of his career, and gave them some excellent service and an awful lot of pleasure, as my late father was so fond of telling me. Well, I'm just flicking through the Bradford City programme and I get to the manager's notes and I can't help but notice that Peter Taylor stood next to a little schoolboy <laughs> in the pictures. It looks like it's got been his first day of school. It is, in fact, Burton Albion manager Paul Pesca Salido. And on the other side of uh, the legend and not-so-legend feature is obviously the not-so-legend. And this guy, Dom, I want to hear your initial reaction when I say his name. Because everybody knows who he is and uh, he was one of Jeffrey's love childs. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Locke. Oh, oh, <laughs> Gary Locke. It was like it a was... bleached, streaky blonde version of, but a rubbish version of McCall. There was a lad at my school, I don't know if he's listening to this, Craig Saff, who yeah. was obsessed with Gary Locke. <laughs> and like at the end of one season, he ran onto the pitch <laughs> to get Gary Locke's shirt. That's such a weird obsession, it know, really is. But he loved him. Uh, we Wikipedia our Not So Legends as. It's just quite funny looking at somebody who who's like played not that many games and was not such a legend and not a big player. They have a Wikipedia page. And, or someone um, who was just damn right awful. Yeah, and they have stuff like, Locke, a midfielder, went to Last Wade Primary School. Like, that's in his Wikipedia page. That's what is. That's what is. you know, so, done yeah, in his life. Uh, ten caps for Scotland mm. under-21s while he was at Hearts. Which isn't bad. bad uh, here's, a, here's a quote from Wikipedia that will make you City fans laugh. Injuries were a major problem throughout Locke's <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah, they certainly I'll were. I'll say. Oh, yeah. But he was he were a weird player with Locke. I mean, he made a lot of appearance for us. Overall in his career, he made 300 senior appearances. And for a midfielder, he only scored eight goals. He was captain of Hearts, though, when yeah, they won he won the Scottish Cup in 1998. But he did not play the final. Due to injury. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a surprise. Uh, he made quite a few appearances with City and he played in that sort of defensive midfield role and he had that weird sort of swept back air. But he always seemed like a bit of a porker. You know, a bit of a, a, a fat player. Listen to this fact as well. Locke 
played under his current manager. Oh, no, sorry. Locke played under current Hearts manager Jim Jeffries at all of his, of his clubs. There you go, it's his love child. <laughs> he retired age 34 at the end of the 2008-2009 season. Oh my God, he's got to have some sort of relation or personal relationship with Gary Locke as Jim Jeffries. But that happened with Billy Brown. Didn't Billy Brown follow Jim Jeffries around everywhere yeah, as well? and Mika wrote a song about Billy Brown. Google that or look it up on iTunes. There's a Did song really? about Billy Brown. It's not the Billy Brown. Or <laughs> like the assistant <laughs> to Jim Jeffries. So that's your not-so legend. Yeah, Gary Locke. Gary Locke. Does he beat uh, Jason Gavin, though? In, this, in the not so legend table. Yeah, I'd say so. Do you think? So eight goals in over know. 300 appearances, it's all, and only ever played under Jim Jeffries. <laughs> so that's Gary Locke for you. They're not. <laughs> I can't believe for him to be fielder. That's legend. an awful record. It really is. If City score now, it'll be testament to the beautiful moon that overhangs Valley Parade, it just will. to the right of the floodlight. And if City score now, I I'll will. bear my. I'll shave my backside. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll wax my right shin. If City score now, I'll make a batch of cream crackers for every... Uh, for, so one, one cream cracker for every fan. They didn't score. They didn't score. So I don't have to make cream crackers for every fan. I don't have to sh- shave my left right shin. Hi, this is Joe McCall. You're listening to Bantam's Banter with Tom and Don. It's prize time. It is. Now, it's time for the Bantam's Banter quiz. How would you fancy winning a 2009-2010 signed by the City of Football? Signings like Reece Evans? Yeah. Stuart McCall. I'm, tra- I'm trying to remember Wayne now. Jacobs. It was only a year ago. James Hanson's on there. Lee his Bullock. First season. I bet, he's, I bet he seemed just quite amateur because he came straight from the court, didn't he? Mm. So he literally just started doing autographs. And they're like going, oh, what do I... <laughs> Do we do a J Hansen? I mean, like little baby writing. <laughs> anyway, it's quiz time. You're gonna win this ball. So this is the question. It's not really. We say quiz, but it's it, it's me and Dom are gonna decide on the best answer. We want to know your best childhood memory from being a Bradford City fan, any era. But these conditions, it's got to be entertaining. It's got to be engaging. It can be funny if you want. We want your stories, not too long. So me and Dom are laborious to reading them out all you know, week. Uh, but, you know, just the best childhood memory you can remember. For example, mine is uh, when I was in the cop and uh, it was all standing in a stadium and I was only about six or seven and we used to pick up old tickets and tear them up and then throw them in the air like everyone used to did, do. And um, and there were a big fat guy who stood behind us and he had some bovril and he spilt it all over my neck and scolded me. So that's my best childhood memory, um, just the smell of burning bovril pouring down my back. Really? Well, not well, a, not a, that's your best memory. Not a best, but that's the one that I remember the most. My my best memory is again it was the cops standing up, and you know, like all the kids used to go forward, yeah, like, at front. Well, I were at front, and there were these lads next to me, and he had his lip resting on the bar, <laughs> and it were a cold game. I think it was like Port Vale or something, and his lip stuck <laughs> to the bar, like in Dumb and Dumber, yeah. and they pull it away. I don't know. And we were going, we were going, we were going like this. Just imagine I've got my mouth on a bar, we're going. No! <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I thought you were saying Dave for some reason. Then Dave, no, I thought we were gonna have to like do something to help him, but I didn't. But anyway, yeah, your best childhood memory from yeah. Bradford City, whether it's an away game or a home game, email it to bantamsbanter at live.co.uk or send us a message via Twitter. And um, you get the prize, you get the ball. If, if we choose you as the best answer, we'll read it out. Not that we'll be dashing anyone else's memory, saying no. rubbish. But what we're saying is, you know, the best, the most entertaining one. Comes on the show, and the person wins the football, which you can either yeah. pick up at Valley Parade or... 
oh, we'll do that thing where we'll, we'll present him with a ball and people and take, can take photos like that. <laughs> Smiling with a ball. In front. We'll do that. Tom will do all to appear a little bit celebrity. <laughs> a few more tweets then. Um, the Dr. Rob. Podcast number one brought a reminder of the frozen burgers at Torquay last year, but memories of a great result. Top work. He's obviously referring to the fact that I got food poisoned at the... <laughs> From a cheeseburger. Yeah, at Valley Parade. And Marco4j, who I believe is a Huddersfield Town fan, podcast number two is proper funny. What I've heard so far makes me feel right at home, even as a town fan. Cheese. We should branch out and do it. Stop saying cheese. Sorry, I don't know. I think that's like a new word I've picked up in the past week. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Me and Tom troll the message board from time to time. And um, we saw a pretty good poll on there. Yeah, we did. Um, I don't know who to credit it to, but if it is you, well done. You're yes. brilliant. Um, is our is the current team good enough? Uh, now, the poll is running until the 13th of October, but currently stands at people saying yes. 44% of the people, so the majority of the people think yes, our team is good enough. Interesting, because before the Preston game, most people were saying maybe. Yeah, you're right, yeah. It's undecided. So 44% of you, of you Bradford City fans think yes. Our team is good enough. 33% of you think no, and 23% of you think maybe. 39 votes cast in total, but you've got until the 13th of October to have cast a vote, so do get on the message board and take part in that magnificent... The, the, the Preston game definitely changed people's mind. In the Knott's Forest game, because it was the start of the season, but the Preston game definitely made people think, we can do I this. I thought after the Forest game, I thought this league's ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. We're going we're to win it. You know, I'm kind of thinking the same again after the Preston game, to be mm. honest. Well, that was a bit of a butt-clenching moment. Uh, uh, Preston are attacking. Uh, the cross is coming, but has come out to get it. He had it in two hands, and the player just took it out of his hands. Don't know who it was. Oh, no. McLaughlin has just made a cock-up. 1-0 Preston. Shot from outside the area. It's got to be about 25 It was a shot he could, have, he could have easily saved. It should. It was to be honest. Right. Basics as a goalkeeper, know where your goal is. The problem is done, that's twice now. He had it in his hands, he's let a play come in and got it. He's managed to career out after a deflected shot. He's come out to the edge of the area. Paul Coots with a low drive. He's uh, got to save we, that. we jinxed it, saying Carlin Cup's our forte. The problem is, yeah, we did actually, it's our fault. But he slipped. It's a basic save, isn't it, that? Well, that is interesting because... We're just going to have to see how Bradford City react to that. We've been pretty much on top of the game. It's like he's playing until that moment. Yeah, we have. We've definitely been the better, better side, though. But it's like he's wearing trainers. Let's just hope he's not looking fragile. Because the fans... The fans are not going to forgive him for that one. They're not. No, they're not. Uh, we're going to... Welcome back to the podcast. Although we did forgive him. Yeah, we did, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. You're still listening to Banter's Banter with me, Dom, and him, Tom. Uh, we've got another email from 030568. I think it's from a robot or a, a barcode. <laughs> what are we, thanks for having your name as a number. It's a good email, though. So the podcasts are very good and exceptionally funny. They are really good to listen to. Keep up the good work. And I do apologise for some of the miserable buggers on the message board. Mm. Well, I, to, to be honest, I don't mind the message board. It's only one or no. two people who are really, you know... It was. We're not generalising here. I mean, and maybe we're just looking at it bad because the slag is off. But you can't win. I ran to York and raised five grand, yeah. and I got slagged off in that place. I mean, telling me all that, like, I genuinely can't think of a bad thing about running to running to York and raising five grand, other than being naked. It's like people were like, people were sending messages going, "Oh, we'll help, we'll help," and like the police said, "Oh no, you can't have anyone in cars. Right. You've got to do it by yourself." And you can have a car going a couple of miles ahead of you. But like people going, "Oh, let's make a train on on the A1. We'll we'll drive behind them." <laughs> 
and stuff. And the police said no. So we were like, said, oh, well, you can't do that. And everyone was like, oh, well, you're so selfish. You're just doing it for yourself. Selfish? Yeah. And so, I, yeah, so what happened was, yourself, really we cool. ran to York. The Bradford City fans actually came up with five grand. So you got my uncle Nigel, he would get gathering money where he works at Magnet and stuff. Oh, brilliant. City fans on the, on the day and stuff. A funny story, we turned up in Harrogate thinking, oh, you know, there were loads of Bradford fans here. We took a bucket round, like shaking it, going, money, please. No one put anything in, not one penny. <laughs> not even like a token gesture? No. <laughs> Not even anyone feeling sorry for us. Like, I was watching the TV the other day and they were donating, uh, someone was donating something and they put the money in a bucket and it showed them putting eight pence in a bucket for this donation. Eight P, what's that going to do? <laughs> well, I suppose every penny counts. Better than no. Eight P. Testament to the Bradford City fans who turned up to the Preston North End games. I know that season ticket holders didn't get any type of deal or anything. You had to pay straight up yeah. 15 quid for adults. Well, 4,221 fans turned up on the day, mm. including 764 Preston fans, which isn't a bad, a bad It won't. I mean, I, I remember mentioning it at the game, Don, weren't we, how it's a less attendance than Knott's Forest by about 1,000. There were over 5,000 there at Knott's Forest, mm. which obviously the price has deterred people, but I do generally think that was good value for money. It wasn't a bad atmosphere. After it won, we, it was brilliant. After we scored, it was superb. And we're saying, and you'll hear it on a clip later, there's nothing better than like hearing City fans singing and cheering after oh, something glorious has happened, like the goal. Um, but we will be talking about that uh, later on uh, on Bantam's Banter. Well, the half-time whistle's just gone here at Valley Parade. City down 1-0 after a goal about two minutes ago. And the fans erupted in applause, which was nice. Yeah, very good to hear the fans behind. I think expected a slight boo, but none of that. I'm looking for a promising second half. Uh, if, we, if we start, we finish there. We'll Simple stuff, you've got to clip ball, end the story. You have, and as McLaughlin wanders off there with he his looks towel. a bit dejected. He's got his towel around his neck like Rocky Balboa. Got a feeling he's going to take a bit of a beating in changing rooms. Yes. Come on, in. Poor Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac. Does get better though. It does get better. But yeah, poor guy. I felt a bit sorry for him. I did. I mean, although I did personally, I thought he should have saved it. Yeah. Uh, You're always going to get people who like are going to go against that. But personally, my view. Should have saved it. It, was, it, it, seemed, it seemed quite flat-footed. And like He seemed like he was wearing trainers. And when he dived, his feet just went away from him rather than going towards the ball. And also, there was a discrepancy over whether he was holding the ball or not. That was cleared up and apparently he was never in control of the ball. So, yeah, Paul Jenny Mack. But he, he, made some, he made some good saves anyway in the game. He did? He wanted just an error. No, I, 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 I mean, we've spoken about it, John McLaughlin every podcast. So yeah, I know, he's like, but he's, uh, he's, he's a good, he's a good keeper. I think that the weakness at Bradford City is maybe the defence. Although oh, Zesh Raymond played pretty well, but Luke O'Brien, oh, oh my goodness! Well, man, he, he, um, f- for me, personal man of the match, man of the season so far. You know, as the games have progressed. Well, Luke O'Brien? Yeah, he's played, he's, 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 I've seen him play two or three games, he's played absolutely quality every single game. And Steve Williams in the cup games has been awesome. Absolutely awesome. Mm, he has. And, um, but Luke O'Brien, well played. My man of the match for this Preston game. Um, Luke O'Brien. Anyway, let's move on with Bantam's banter. And we like to help Bradford City fans, of course, get their views across. But we also like to help local charities. And one in a million is formed by Wayne Jacobs. Now, the whole aim of the charity is to help out young people who, you know, maybe are being expelled or are close to getting expelled. Anyway, I went down to Valley Parade last week, sat in the Bantams Cafe and spoke to operations manager of One in a Million, Paul Langdon. The charity was founded back in 2005 by a guy that you'll all know, Wayne Jacobs. 
along with Matthew Band, a uh, entrepreneur and businessman, friend and associate of Wayne's. And between them, they've gone from uh, the first football session on a Saturday morning in the Canterbury estate with seven young people right through to today, five years later, where we deliver a variety of programmes, initiatives, um, sessions, education, uh, services to children and young people across Bradford through um, a, a real variety of mediums such as the creative arts and media. Obviously the sports and the football is still strong and we have our um, Friday night sessions now as opposed to the Saturday mornings which attract 80, up to 80 and 100 young lads normally but um, young people, girls and boys and we run three tournaments a year, the 12-week tournaments. Fantastic feedback we get from these. We also have qualified coaches that we employ that work in schools throughout Bradford. We have the One in a Million Academy, which is um, working with some of the most marginalised young people groups in the UK, which um, includes um, kids that have been expelled or at the risk of expulsion. We um, relish that opportunity to work with these guys because there's some real, real rough diamonds. And we believe at one in a million that within everyone, um, and in particular in our children and young people, you've got a, you've got a superstar. Every one of them is unique. And, uh, um, and we love to see that. We love to see them flourish. And that is what we're all about, is to find their skills and talents and to put some life skills back into their life, give them some social... Uh, skills and help them as much as we can um, through the medians of creative arts, media, sports, enterprise uh, 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 and many others and we've just grown exponentially over the last 12 months from two staff and a handful of volunteers right through to today where we have 10 to 15 full and part-time staff and 40 plus volunteers working with us on various projects so it's uh, it's going really well coming up on sunday the 5th of september you've got a charity game between it's a celebrity 11 and the england homeless world cup team yeah that's right dom it's um, we're really excited about this one we uh, we have uh, a contact within um, uh, the homeless world cup england team who's actually managed by the big issue in the north and um, and richard brown uh, who heads up the management of the England team uh, as partnering with us and we are getting our heads together in a joint charity match. Um, a big part of that is to not only fund what One in a Million does but the England Homeless World Cup team playing the Homeless World Cup in Rio um, in September and um, there are some much needed funds. I mean, I think Channel 4 showed a... Uh, news bulletin last week and it's so critical that if there aren't some additional funds for these guys then the England team uh, won't be there and our country won't be represented so Wayne Jacobs I know has took this personally as of one in a million as a whole we're really keen to do everything that we can to uh, get these guys out there to support England um, and that above all but there's some uh, some great Support for this event and some great celebrities playing, including the city boss Peter Taylor. You got the Leeds boss Simon Grayson, along with uh, 
Halifax Town boss Neil Aspin. And alongside um, the Yorkshire-based managers, we've got uh, a variety of celebs and former players, including Peter Beagrie, now of Sky Sports. Obviously, Wayne Jacobs is going to play. You've got TV's Tom Milner from Waterloo Road and Holby City. And uh, Jeremy Lynch, who is actually the current world freestyle champion with the football tricks, and he's been on TV quite a lot. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and these guys are obviously going to play against a team representing England from the Homeless, uh, homeless World Cup team. We've tried to uh, be as inclusive as we can and keep the cost down as much as possible um, while still supporting the two charities. And we're also going to be providing a donation to the TNA um, Bradford Burns Unit Appeal. Um, so there's three of us that are going to benefit from this event. And um, we've kept the tickets to a fiver for a single and we're offering family tickets at £10, which will include one adult and, uh, and two kids. I can be contacted by, um, by email at paul.langton at oiam.org or just give us a call if you need tickets or more information on Bradford 01274 773355 and I'm on extension 233. If you want to contact us here on Bantam's Banter, there are many ways to do so. You can email bantamsbanter at live.co.uk. You can visit our website www.tomanddomshow.co.uk. Or you can get in touch with us via the official message board on the Bradford City FC website. We're deep in Preston's half now. Look like they've taken this game to extra time. Get in, get in, get in! This is why we love football. This is why we love the mighty Bantams. This is why we love the Callie Cup. What a goal. And I tell you who made that. It was Chib Chilalaka. Scored it. No, I know. No, he don't scare it. He squared it. He squared it back to Lewis Moulton. Beautiful cross by Lewis Moulton. And it was Jake Spate ahead of Jake Spate. He's only three foot two in the bottom corner. I have uh -oh, faded. Uh -oh. I'm pressing on the attack. Uh -oh. And it's a good tackle by uh, City. Oliver. We've Seven got to keep on pressing. This. Seven minutes. Oh! Uh. Come on! I love City fans. I bloody love them. <laughs> Welcome back to Batum's Banter. We embraced, didn't we, Dom? I know. To, to think how sad it is that that joy was destroyed. <laughs> All that joy just sapped from our blood. Quite literally 15 minutes. Sapped from that. our blood. <laughs> sapped from our veins. Anyway, that time has come where we appease those message board moaners and let's yes. analyse. Analyse the next fixture to Southend United. Boring. <laughs> no, no, only kidding. Only kidding. Uh, so Southend are 22nd in the league, Dom. They haven't even won a game yet. They've drawn one and lost two games. Really? Uh, yeah, not brilliant record. Uh, we picked out a couple of key players, haven't we? Do you know what? Looking at a team's record is absolutely pointless if you're a City fan. Because... If they're rubbish, it's highly likely that something disappointing will happen at the moment. Yeah, and if they're on a winning streak, we will end that winning streak. Mm. I'm, I'm not being, I'm not being dismal and, and sad and you know moaning. I'm literally being, you know, pretty honest. Yeah, well, we'll that be, is what happens. It will be. If you're genuine. playing against a rubbish team, 
we generally either draw or lose. Yeah, we do. And, and this is just being factual because league-wise, this is what three games in, this is what's been happening. City have never been a team that you can rely on to play a team who are doing worse than you and win. You can never think... Yeah. Like like I imagine Man United or Chelsea uh, fans go, oh, playing Wigan this week, easy. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah, three, three points. Six-niller. It'd be nice to do that. City fans, you can... I don't think I've... I, I think it must be a decade since I heard a City fan go... Easy, easy yeah. three points this weekend. But that kind of sums up City because then we do now and again perform really well against the big boys and beat them. Look at the Premiership days. Do you know what I mean? When we were beating teams Arsenal, Chelsea. You know these are brilliant results, and this is kind of epitomises what Bradford's about. And then when we win these games, we just go absolutely crazy. Um, but South End, they're down there, so yeah, like you say, we can't expect. Let's not expect to win. But mm. Let's expect a good performance. So uh, they've they've actually signed Reece Evans. Yeah, as a, as a number two. As a number two, which is interesting. So he's not doing too well, is he? Or Reese boy? He could have been a number two at Bradford City. What's wrong with that? Uh, they've got also got a decent defender in Mark Phillips, who's ex-Millwall. He's a good centre-half. Keep an eye out for him on Friday. Um, also, Craig, Craig Easton, who's ex-Norwich. Um, he scored from his midfielder. And they've got a good attacking midfielder in Louis Sauls as well. He's a, he's a nippy little chap. Um, yeah, Matt Patterson, who has been the biggest threat in front of goal at the start of this season. He's only started one, putting two substitute appearances, but he has scored twice. He is mm. the top scorer after three games. Look at the top scorer like games it's like someone really random with two goals. Yeah. <laughs> it's no reflection at all, really, normally, to the end of the season. What I always found on footy manager is he sometimes you'd get one guy who's got twenty and then the the next nearest behind him's like one. One yeah, oh, yeah, sure. really low, like nine or something daft like that. There's, yeah. there's no middle ground. And another de- it's a decent striker, Bradley Carr. I mean he's yet to really prove himself this season. He has scored one. They've got a mixed bag of strikers. I, I, I think looking at like the appearances and the sub appearances, they seem to be all mixing them up, don't well, they? Well three of the four strikers have banged one in, which is more than we can say for City um, but Blair Sturrock as well he's scored yeah I mean they're obviously maybe maybe they've got a bit of Bradford City you but know, they're, they're not, situation going on yeah they're not doing the that well are they Southend in all honesty no. ever since they beat Man United that time it's been downhill from there it has but since we're most like we're most clubs when they beat Man United Newcastle I nearly said but good luck to him but no no <laughs> look you're gonna get, we're gonna beat you don't sit on the fence this is a Bradford City podcast this isn't sounding off Southend yeah you're right. But anyway, it's time for that mis- that glory, that glory that we had. Yeah. It's time for it to be outshone, I'm afraid. Well, you can't argue with that. You certainly can't, do Preston have just scored an absolute Cracker. belter. Left-footed, top corner, McLaughlin had no chance. It was a good goal. You can't take it away from him, I'm afraid. Still 11 minutes left, on. Really good goal. Keith Treacy banging it in from about... 20 yards maybe I'll be honest he's been a threat for them McLaughlin, oh. didn't, McLaughlin no. didn't have a chance and it's Preston North End 2 Bradford City 1 disappointing feeling deflated but there's 10 minutes left don't Bra- there's 10 minutes left and Bradford City can be proud of the way they're playing they very can. proud if you play like this in the league like the, lead, the league is ours oh <laughs> sorry to have come to near the end of the podcast and brought it down a peg or two I know good but how do you think we're going to do against Southend on Friday night if you're listening to this before the game? Yes. Email us, bantamsbanter at live.co.uk or you can tweet us on if, Twitter. If you're listening after the game, email us anyway and let us know how you thought they did. Mm. It works both ways, you know. Now, there won't be a podcast after the Southend game due to other commitments on Tom's behalf. Yeah. I'm going for drinks with friends. <laughs> but um, I'll, be, I'll be at the game. I'm taking my uh, my little stepson, Feebo. Why did Feebo do the booming things with you? The, because what you know him? what Felix is like. 
Yeah. Swears. No, I don't swear, <laughs> but he's under he's unreliable. He's a seven year old if he's and especially He's a child, yeah. yeah. Basically. <laughs> it wouldn't make for a very good podcast. What is he doing? But anyway, it's time for a feature Lenny! that Tom thought would be good to to bring over from the Tom and Dom show. Bring it over to Bantam's Banter. And here's a jingle to give you a little bit of a clue. Would you rather with Tom and Dom? Isn't that the music from Trisha? <laughs> the only way this is going to work is when we make these would you rather football related. Okay. Now, a bit of background. Normally on the show, we do we do a would you rather situation each, and then the better one wins, and we you know we celebrate. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's just for, for pride. Yeah. But anyway, let's think of. Do you want me to start, Dom? Yeah, go on then. Right, I've already got one banked up. Would you rather get spanked in the face by from two yard? Hmm. By Frank Lampard. It'd have been better. Or, oh no, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Would you rather get spanked in the face from ten yards? This ten yards have gone out. From Frank Lampard, he's definitely going to hit you in the face. Or would you rather get spanked in the bum, a bare bum, by Wayne Rooney from half a yard, and it's a volley? And that'd break your coccyx, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, there's not an and actually. I'm not going to develop that any further. Lampard. In the fit, in the nosh. Oh, I know. No, it's yeah, Rooney. Yeah, you go, you go for the bum every time, don't you? Go for the spank. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> go for the spank to the bum every time. Are you friends with Graham Lasso? I oh, know we're gonna get sued. Banter's banter is gonna be over before it's begun. Right, that's mine. Pretty powerful. Right, but... would you rather after a match? Yeah. Have to eat Zesh Raymond's underpants after a match, so he takes them off, and then you've got to eat them. Are they edible underpants or just like a standard pair? Yeah, what, what's happened is I've I've gone into change rooms before the game gone, Zesh, wear these edible unders. <laughs> and then Tom's got to eat them out. Hopefully they won't disintegrate, but yeah. Or would you rather try and do a, a crowd dive into the Bradford City crowd from the press box? Bear in mind we're in the somewhere somewhere, probably nobody will catch you. <laughs> and you'll smash your teeth into the dugout, I imagine. It'll do, the, the fans will do other things where instead of catching them, they move out of way and watch them land. Yeah. What's he doing? I'd, I'd, you I've know got to tell you, I'd definitely not eat the undies. Yeah, I'd do, I, I can, I'd do a million other things before I do, going for those undies. Would you? Yeah. Okay, well, you've got to eat his socks then. His disgusting, <laughs> horrible, sweaty socks. Well, Chila Chicken Tinker, or whatever it's called, <laughs> should have just, he just got the ball on the edge of the area. There's like two minutes left. He should have had a shot. But he just didn't get the ball under control quick enough. Do Is he good enough for City? Probably Should he not. be signed on a month by month instead of a week by week, day by day, whatever he's on? Hour by hour. <laughs> Send that to message box. Do, do I think we'll get his name right by Podcast 30? Never. Why bother? Well, thank you very much for listening to Bantam's Banter number three. It's been Grand Avenue. We appreciate the downloads. Remember, please get in touch. This is by the fans, for the fans. Shaped by the fans. There are many reasons to get in touch with us. The quiz, what is your best childhood memory? Get in touch with us. Bantamsbanter at live.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter. Search Bantamsbanter. Thanks very much for having us. Ta-ta. Bye-bye.